0: You have the knowledge, the experience, and the talent needed to succeed. But in the day and age we live in, skill is not enough. Your story is the most powerful tool in your arsenal. This show will help you tap into that resource and learn how to leverage your message to gain deeper influence. And build a lasting legacy. Tune in each week as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors share how they built empires on the backs of their story. You're listening to Stories That Sell with your host,
1: Scott Ramage. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to Stories That Sell. I'm your host, Scott Ramage. Today I have with me Dan Waymura. Uh, he is the CEO of Push Press. He's a past gym owner uh, doing amazing things in the business world, in the gym business world. We'll talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about a lot of things today. But before we hop into that, I wanted to tell you about VAs for gyms. Imagine having a team of professionals helping you get massive amounts of work done from video editing, creating social media content, managing your social accounts, nurturing leads, processing payments, and so much more. Uh, VAs for Gyms is here to make sure your productivity skyrocks, skyrockets while performing tasks and roles you simply do not want to do or aren't that good at. VAs for Gyms offers a wide range of services that will help you run your business and save money. Check out www.vasforgyms.com. And if you aren't on Push Press, you need to join VAs for Gyms, and Push Press, uh, both amazing uh, services. With that being said, welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you, thank you. Uh, remind me to talk to you
0: after this show about the VAs for Gyms that I have some questions and okay. con- or questions about that. Awesome, so,
1: awesome. Great. Well, it just I wasn't planning on kind of bringing your business up at at that point, but I'm like actually, when we talk about wanting to better businesses, um, I know your guys is you know, mission is to really help gym businesses thrive. And, and you're, you're really kind of adding to your quiver or to a gym owner's quiver with all the tools that you have. So we can get into that at the end. I think it's really important to discuss. But really today we're going to be um, chatting about you and hearing your story about, you know, kind of what makes you tick and, you know, how you found success and building out uh, push press. I kind of want get, to get into the weeds on that because I, I personally don't know. I mean, I've known you for a couple of years now. Virtually, uh, we were connected by Eric LeClaire, which we were talking about before this, who has tragically um, been taken from our lives. Uh, so, yeah, man, how are you doing today?
0: Uh, I am doing great. You know, thankful to be here another day on, on this planet uh, with the opportunity to serve. You know, those who who I can and. Uh, absolutely cannot complain. I try and wake up every day, just thankful for the opportunities that I've been given.
1: Yeah. Well, I've been, I've been following you on the socials. You know, we talked a lot about this before we started recording and you're kind of living a a new adventure in my, in my terms, you've moved to the Vegas area. Hopefully you're okay with me saying that, but you share it on social media. So I figure it's cool. And I'm quite, I'm quite jealous, quite frankly, because you have all of that, that uh, desert, like the exploring, how's that going? Are you enjoying it?
0: Yeah. So the crazy thing is, is um, no one ever thinks about moving to Vegas for the nature. There's right? tons of it there. Oh, my God. I, I didn't even realize it till we kind of moved in. And like, um, yeah, there is so much nature around us. It's, it's Unfortunately, it's all desert-y type nature. <laughs> right. Uh, from California, I was used to like quite a variety of nature, but it's so close. Like um, the other weekend, I took my dog's camping and uh, it was like 20 minutes from my house. In California, that would have been a six-hour drive to a to a like a BLM dispersed camping site, and um it just really made me realize how fortunate we are, you know, to be where we are. So
1: yeah, you you posted a, a photo of some wildlife the other day on one of mine as a response, and I was like, that is amazing. That was a like a wild was it ram it was a sheep ram yeah it was like a ram or a goat ram it was a ram it was absolutely beautiful. And to see something like that in nature, like I was like, this is like national geographic here. It was incredibly cool. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, (laughs) we're here to talk about like your story and, um, kind of get into the, into some things about really what helps you succeed. You know, you've, you've been a part of a large part, if not a major part of push press. So there's no denying that, uh, you've kind of gone through a lot of experiences, um, you know, life experiences and business experiences starting probably with being a gym owner into getting push press where it is today. So I'd love for you to kind of just go with it from there, wherever you want.
0: Um, yeah, actually I'm going to throw a huge curveball into this potential podcast that we discussed before the show about what we might talk about Yeah, and your lead in actually got me thinking of a whole nother topic that might be of interest, which maybe let's we'll do it. Into. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's about scalability. Mm. And so, um, we, this, this is just to put, put it in your heads because I'm everyone out there. I'm totally throwing Scott a curveball here, but there's three ways to scale, and that's uh, with money, humans, or technology. And uh, VAs for gyms is human scalability, push press is technology scalability. So you kind of got me thinking about that when you brought up the VAs for gym thing. So, anyway, um, <clears throat> as far as me, as far as I go, uh, I've always considered myself into fitness, and I, I got a divorce in about 2008. And at that time, I had been a programmer my whole life, computer programmer, internet engineer. And what they basically do when you're an internet engineer, especially during the earlier dot-com years, to keep you tied to your desk, they would just have like free sodas and free Italian dinners and f- free free food and free drinks all day long. So you just sit at your desk and code all day long. Um, when I got the divorce, I realized I was like 30 pounds overweight. And uh, the horrifying idea of entering the single potentially entering the singles market was... Uh, what set in right so i basically did all of the things i could to discover myself back into fitness because i hadn't done any and it started with a beach body thing and it ended up with me ending up in a crossfit gym Um, which i felt was kind of the natural progression you know you do some beach body stuff some at home p90x extreme things and then found myself right in a crossfit gym pretty quick um, what I decided at the time was CrossFit was a new technology. Like I didn't see it as fitness. I saw it as technology. Ooh, that's right? an
1: interesting, interesting. Design. Yeah.
0: It was a new way of, um, and, and honestly, they were, they were right out of the Silicon Valley, Santa Cruz area. So it was like, it made sense. It was open source. It was, um, a completely new way of thinking about it. It was, it was a different, uh, mindset and they framed it different. It was repackaged, right. In a way that was exciting, um, Right when I started, started uh, CrossFit, I wanted to get better. I wanted to learn all the movements. I took all the courses, nutrition things, this, that, and the other. Ended up uh, L1 coaching, opening a gym, right? That was like an accelerated path uh, for me because I was so excited about CrossFit, which at that time, this was 2010, um, I think a lot of people were. Like they got Still super early. into it. They found the Fountain of Youth mm-hmm. that nobody else, no, no one else knew about. They were shouting it from the mountaintops and they were opening gyms, right? And that's, that was my path. Um, from there, I just wasn't really happy with the software choices I saw because I was a software builder and I kind of knew what could be built and I knew where the future of software was going. So I started working on software for gyms. Um, so that's kind of my backstory. That isn't really necessarily the reason we're here to talk, but (laughs) that is that is the backstory.
1: It's interesting that you came in and, you know, you see the world of, uh, CrossFit from early on and I'm sure the, the technology solutions were pretty rough uh at that point and and it's interesting that you kind of saw this as not crossfit itself or this this methodology as um as a system like a like technology like almost technology for fitness i guess is what you're saying mm-hmm. for your body mm-hmm. that's a really interesting viewpoint i've never heard anybody say that but i've also never heard about kind of keeping programmers <laughs> happy and hungry or happy and full in eating that is not a good solution for a long lasting work environment. So I've never. Yeah. It's funny before.
0: when we were engineers, we used to have contests of how many Cokes you can drink in a day. So oh, it would wow. be like, you have to clear your desk in the morning. It's how many Cokes were stacked up at your, <laughs> you made a little wall at the end of the day. Yeah. Looking back on it, it was like a terrible lifestyle. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you're employed at, at a company whose their goal is to do whatever there is to do, they don't care. They just want you to sit there and work. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you're coming in with this, this engineering, this programming kind of um, background into the CrossFit world. How long did you own your gym for? Uh,
0: The first gym I only owned for I was only a partner there for a year. Okay. And that honestly could be a topic of a whole nother discussion, (laughs) which I alluded to in our pre-show conversation. I had a I, I had a moment of weakness in my life where I got into substances, alcohol and drugs and uh, completely took over my thinking, took over my actions, and uh, ended up me, you know, what happens when you when you get involved in these things is you end up destroying your relationships before you destroy your life, and uh, I did, you know, like I had, I, I created problems with my partners, they didn't want me to be in the business anymore. Ironically, one of the founders of Push Press is one of those original partners, but um, yeah, you know, I didn't, it didn't help any <laughs> to be running a business in that mindset, And, uh, they ousted me and I do
1: not, uh, think they made the wrong decision at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Understandable. And it's so funny, but it's not funny. It's, it's honestly a pretty common thread in interviewing business owners, uh, gym owners, coaches, there's substance abuse of some sort that happened that really kind of changed the trajectory. So how long did it take for you to kind of get through that and then move into the next phase of what you were doing?
0: Um, honestly, pretty quick. I got, I got you know, I got in, create a lot of chaos in my life, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just looked at myself in the mirror and I said, this is not me, this is not me as a person. This was a, a mistake, a, a very a very big lapse of judgment. And um, I self-corrected pretty heavily. The, the most important thing to me is so like, part of it was I was going to AA. And what I realized is, um, and this, this actually ties into what you were saying. Most, or not most, but a lot of entrepreneurs are obsessive compulsive. Mm. Right. And honestly, a lot of people in the CrossFit or any of these like 50 miler races, anything that's extreme, these people are are generally obsessive compulsive because they're willing to put themselves through hell to get something that they want. Right. That's really all a drug user is. That's really all an entrepreneur is. Same thing. So when I kind of had that realization um, through the program and through understanding a lot of this stuff, I realized that it actually could be a superpower for people.
1: Absolutely. So.
0: Yeah, that was the turning point for me is I realized it wasn't a flaw. It wasn't like a design flaw. It was potentially a superpower. And I started to look at the Albert Einsteins of the world and the Steve Jobs of the world. And I'm like, these people just obsessed
1: nonstop
0: over something. And it just wasn't destructive to them. Well, it probably honestly, it probably was destructive mm-hmm. to their relationships or something. But it was beneficial to society, at least. Right. So that's when I decided to make the flip in my mind of like, I'm going to go all in on positive stuff. i now, I've since run multiple 50 K's, you know, CrossFitter, wow. business
1: owner, it's like all the obsessive stuff expressed in positive ways, hopefully. Yeah, so it, it's a common thread, honestly, in, um, s- success and I, and you know, entrepreneurs, business owners tend to be people who are willing to take, uh, uh you know, risk. And it's not always calculated risk. Sometimes it's just that obsession leads them down this, this tunnel of business or whatever. But it's, it's, um, it's when it gets focused is when we see people really kind of rise above. So at that point, was there just like a refocusing of your energy into something new?
0: To be honest, no,
1: like (laughs) that refocusing came later. Mm. I think in the beginning, once you're starting to understand
0: your superpower, you're just running through every wall you can find (laughs) just because that's all you got, right? And then you start to realize that you know with a little bit of focus and a little bit of precision you don't have to do so much damage or or try so hard right like right. you can let flywheels take effect yeah. right so in the beginning no like we it was just brute force like nothing was going to stop me from building push press nothing was going to my focus was on gym owners and helping them and i obsessed over it and ran through a bunch of walls then come to realize that like you can't build a team. You can't build a legit business running through walls as an owner. Like that's not scalable, right? You've got to build process. You've got to build team. You've got to build experience. You've got to build a lot culture. you got to build a lot of things. So.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Now I'm going to operate a little bit like you've been, I, you, you said some things that kind of have my brain going in different directions so we can pull this back whenever we want. But, um, you said something and it's, and you, you talk about this passion or drive to help gym owners. And it's so easy, um, I think, for an outsider or for someone thinking they're a victim of marketing or a company or whatever to think that that's a bunch of BS. But I feel, it, I feel a very uh, close, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but I feel very, very strongly. Like when people say, what's, what's your vision? What's your mission for what you're doing? And it's literally, I want to solve problems that I saw Inside the industry that I personally as a gym owner held onto and, and didn't get breakthrough that would have absolutely changed the trajectory of me as a business owner. For me, that was time. How do I focus on the things I really need to focus on and everything else get done correctly? And for you, it's technology. And I will tell you, I was not, I did not use push press. I didn't know enough. Like I, I jumped into another company. I was completely dissatisfied. I jumped into another company, a uh, technology solution. I was completely dissatisfied. But as you know, once you're in those, they're so sticky because all the payment processing, processing is, is included and there's friction to changing over. But what I've seen from you guys is that you are doing these things that, and this is not a commercial it's just, it's a, it's a, I think a, um, a parallel path that you and I kind of see the way we see is that you're really focused on solutions. And so let's talk about this passion to, to solve these problems and, and really help the gym owner. Is that because you were a gym owner is because you're so immersed and see, um, you know, how did that path kind of carve itself out in front of you?
0: Yeah. I mean, to speak simply, yes. Right. I was a gym (laughs) owner um and i saw a lot of the problems in our industry and i i saw a lot of things i couldn't solve for myself and you know this goes back to the, a word i used earlier there's things that scale right and me building all of my own so that so at my first gym i built push press but just for that gym mm-hmm. and it was like a wordpress plugin that and it, you know blah, blah blah but it would i couldn't we couldn't use it for any other gyms because i didn't build it to scale right we didn't architect it to scale right and <clears throat> A lot of the flaws that I see in the industry is people are just, they're architecting their own solution and that's not scalable. Meaning like it takes so much time and inertia to figure out like how you're gonna build your own solution for something. When uh, if somebody built it uh, in a more generic way you can plug in and use that with, with more speed, right? Yeah. It's like hopping on a treadmill that's already running. Um, or if, if you're kind of into the concepts and mechanics like a flywheel, like you get the flywheel going and, and things keep going. So yeah, the short answer is yes, that's why. Um, But, you know, really, like, most of us open gyms or even started coaching because we wanted to help impact people around us, our communities. And uh, again, going back to the word scale, like, when I was when I was operating my second gym, I realized if I help gym owners run their gyms, I'm actually helping more people in total, right? Which is kind of like, where my where my eyes were on like how many I want to help people right that's that's really what I was I into so yes
1: that's long
0: story long answer to your short question well it's
1: a, well it's actually kind of a long question but <laughs> uh, do you feel like um, I mean how do you share that authenticity how do you keep that authentic because I think I, I think my point is in my own that I'm playing over in my own head it's easier for me to say as a business owner that I am passionate about helping business owners or gym owners and specific, specifically, um, solve problems. Like that is like what gets me up in the morning. If I can help somebody solve a problem, I'm, I'm like ecstatic. Like what, what keeps that going every day for you? Is there, is, are you seeing a difference in gym owners lives? Are you seeing a difference in your customers lives? Are you see what, what is it that's yeah. really keeping that in front of you?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I think a core business concept that we started following a few years ago was keeping track of KPIs and actually measuring things, like having a thesis and measuring it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because as fitness people, we do that every day. Like, it could be as simple as what's my mile time and back squat or whatever. But once we get into business, we don't. We just disconnect from that idea. And again, thesis, like hypothesis test check the data you know repeat um you know doing a small off cycle does it help my back squat yes or no here's the proof right like you do that and you don't even think about it mm-hmm. in business uh we didn't do that here at push press for the longest time i know our, our most gyms don't we started paying attention to things right so like we launched this grow product our thesis is it would help it, it's very in line with like in fact i want to talk to you about this stuff later but it's very in line with um like va stuff like get a lot of the process off your plate, help get people into the gym, wanting to do demos without taking all your time to do it. Right. We uh, we run data against that. And I think like the first data set we got back showed the, the first cohort, the first group of people that used it, and that was 10 months ago was our first group of people that use it. Today, they're up $10,000 in revenue from where they started. That's awesome. Now, does that mean Grow did it? No, right? they could be that they were just smarter business owners, they're more aggressive business owners, it could also have to do with a COVID uptick. I don't know what they're this isn't normalizing by geography or any of that. But the numbers show. And when I compare them against people who are not on grow, those people went up like $2,000, right. So it's like, there's a clear pattern, I just don't know if it's specifically grow or like these guys are hustlers, right. And they're willing to try new things and experiment, right. And but there is a
1: correlation there. Hey, before we get started, imagine having a team of virtual assistants helping you out with everything from scheduling appointments, nurturing leads, processing payments, sending out marketing emails, creating content, managing your social media accounts, and so much more. VAs for Gyms is here to make sure your business runs as smoothly as possible so that you can focus on what matters most, serving your clients. We offer a wide range of services that will completely run your business and give you the one thing everyone is limited on, more time. Check out our website at www.vasforgyms.com, that's V-A-S-F-O-R, gyms.com, and book an appointment to find out more. So, Yeah, well... It, it, that, is, it, that scientific approach is really interesting because there's so many variables that occurred that are uncontrollable and you're trying to kind of define what is it and, and um, exclude things that, you know, outside outside influences like COVID and the, re, the resurgence of people coming back into the gym. But you also had a same baseline of people not using Grow. So that really helps a lot. And mm-hmm. let's talk about scalability because it, it is something that... Um, I really like to talk about, I I like to learn about, I think it's a really intriguing, um, topic. And you said there's three ways to scale money, humans, and technology. And obviously, you know, technology is where you've gone with this and I'm sure it's taken money and humans to help you guys scale to the place where you can really serve. So what is it like, just, I'll, I'll give you an open book to talk about scaling yeah
0: so let me let me first tell or say that this premise comes from a uh a free book or free podcast that's out there by a guy named naval oh he's wonderful he's a venture capital guy yeah have you read it Uh, uh, almost all this stuff yes yeah naval is amazing so naval changed my life there's been so many life-changing moments naval is one of those like so i i do long distance running i do long distance running because uh what i realize is i need to work on my fitness i can't just sit in front of a computer again working on push press all day long but I always am thinking about business. So I can't like for me to go into a CrossFit gym, I still do CrossFit every now and then, but to go into CrossFit gym means like my mind blanks out for an hour. Like yes. I'm just like, you can't focus on anything. So if I go out for an hour run, I can actually work on my business in my brain for an hour. So I've listened to all of Naval's stuff while I'm running, I listen to a bunch of audiobooks, whatever. So so one of, and I'm sure you know then, one of Naval's premises is there's three ways to scale, and it's money, humans. Or tech, right? Or mm-hmm. what he calls robots, which is technology. Right. Um, each of them have different costs associated with them. Each of them have different paths associated with them. Um, and for for gym owners, money is pretty much out of the equation. Because when he's talking about money, he's talking about like ten million dollars right. of liquidity a... in the bank type of thing, and right. you buy your way into growth, right? Gyms that's not feasible for a gym. So then we got money. We got humans and tech, right? And the problem that he describes in the, in the, he, I mean, he's very pro tech, obviously that's, that's his whole Mm -hmm. point is talk about tech, but this actually lends to VA for Jim in a way. And I'm going to, I'm going to, let me get to that. So his point is humans are messy, right? And proof in the pudding, how many times do you see a year of someone saying like, oh, my coach slept with my member. And now like 50 of my members are leaving because they're getting a divorce. Humans are messy. So Val's point is you don't want to scale with humans because humans are messy, Mm -hmm. I would disagree in the case of VAs, VAs or some type of a system like this because they are not in your gym interacting with, you're not scaling in a personable way with them, right? right And um, the VAs are as close to technology as you can get without it becoming a robot because they're interchangeable. Mm-hmm. They're doing very minute jobs that can be switched, switched in and out and you really, it's a black box, right? That's what technology is, a black box. Input goes in, work gets done, output comes out. You know, is it good or is it bad? Um, so I believe VAs and and remote. I don't like using the word VAs to be honest, but I remote, use virtual professionals. Quite honestly, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, virtual professionals, remote professionals, overseas workers. They are great ways to scale your business because it does almost roboticize or cr- creates a technology around humans, right? Mm-hmm. And. I don't feel bad about that because you can pay them a wage that makes them upper middle class. You know, the economy, the economies of the dollar change makes it worth doing, right? So I do think there's an opportunity for gyms to leverage that for scalability. And that's gonna be, and the way we like to think about it is like, automation comes in two flavors, either a human's doing it and you don't know it, or, or code is doing it, right? And it's really the same thing. Just humans are more expensive. In, in the in the long-term. Right. Code's more expensive in the short-term, humans are more expensive in the long-term. So, and then, and then the next, and the, you know, the, the better, quote unquote, better way per Naval is, is you build your own robots, right? And in the, in the old days, you would think of actually like little robots driving, like Amazon factory driving around doing things. But really yeah. like what his point was that I didn't even think about until he said it was, every piece of code is a robot because it's just doing stuff for you 24 seven, doesn't complain, doesn't ask for a raise, doesn't need a cigarette break, just goes, right? So that's ultimate scalability. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's interesting. Um, This is not a, a promotion for what I do, but it is. The, 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 one of the solutions that I found was I could have one VA, one human working for me specifically, and I'm still dealing with the human messiness, it's now taking this human and a bunch of others and putting them into a system, and that system then isolates the messiness of a human because there's backup. There's like a there's a bunch of them, and the work comes in, work gets done, and it comes out on the other end, and you avoid that messiness of what happens in one person's life. And that's really where human messiness gets weird. Sure, there's still some some overlap in there, but it's 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 this uh, input getting things done, output, it removes the emotion, which is mm-hmm. really important when we are in an emotional uh, experience as a gym owner, an operator, a GM, whatever it is, business owner of any time, there is high emotion in there when you are working with your clients directly. So the more you can, pu- in my opinion, the more you can pull away from that, the better you're going to be to operate and, and serve those people. And it's the same with technology. You put you put input in, you get these things out, and you talked about KPIs, which I think are incredibly important, so under undervalued and underused in the industry, um, but also improving lives. It's 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 a such a big picture, and I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this other than I think people lack, they, they think that technology and these other things are taking place of what could be happening inside, where my argument is, Leverage those so you actually can be personally more impactful in the ground in the in the in the way that you and your the other humans in your business can be, where they are not worried about uh, calculating spreadsheets to figure out KPIs. They just go look at their push press dash, dashboard. They can pull reports, where their their job instead is more of that face to face, where the value really rises, where they really are in their sweet spot. Yeah. Hey, when is this going to get um, published? You know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. We've got
0: um, because we've got a huge announcement we're going to be doing towards the end of March. We're filming this at the beginning of March. Um, I'll if time- this comes out after that announcement, I can talk about some pretty cool stuff. I can, we have already okay. talked about it.
1: Let's do that. <laughs> and if that works for you, let's let's do this. I'll make sure it comes out at the end of this. You tell me what the date is, and I'll tell my yeah. team not to, the the VA team not to put it out until then. Very simple okay. to do that. Let's talk.
0: Yeah. So on the software front, on the technology front, like we have, I mean, we we have a lot of theses and a lot of ideas that we want to do. And we consider it to be our job to be pushing the entire industry forward. So not just us, but our competition as well should be getting better as well. And um, when we talk about scaling with technology and automations and robots and all that stuff, let's be completely frank. Nobody does that right now. And nobody, not only does nobody do it well, nobody does it. Because what software is today is a, basically a bunch of form fields for you to come in and do stuff. Right. And what it's done is it's standardized process. That's all software is done. You know, you have to onboard a new member, you know, you go to the screen, you follow this process, they follow this process, done. Now that in and of itself is a time savings and software is worth it for that alone, because it's, remember, like I said, instead of recreating your entire process from scratch and figuring everything out, you just done for you process. Mm-hmm. Now, where where tech is going, and what's exciting to me, is in the next five years, I would say, maybe 10, depending on the industry. So the industry we play in is called SMB. That's small and medium-sized businesses. Right. SMB historically has always been kind of um, at a disadvantage because they don't have access to the same type of understanding, knowledge, education, data, people, processes, anything that the big boys have, right? So... Um, you know, if you're Orange Theory and you've got $100 million in the bank, you can invest in a lot of technology and stuff that a one-off gym can't. Right. What I'm excited about, and I won't even talk about push press, let's, let's put this in the frame of a coffee shop or a brewery, where software to support a coffee shop or a brewery is going to go is it's going to level the playing field because the technology has become cheap enough at this point where we can build in the same um, type of functionality that a cores, you know, or whoever the hell built makes cores has for their for their uh, breweries, right? So big data, and like Amazon AWS has technologically speaking made it accessible for big data analysis, AI and machine learning type uh, algorithms, data modeling, regression engines, just some crazy technology stuff is now available to the masses. And um, I guess the easy way to think about this is like, back in the day, really rich people had drivers take them around. Today, Uber lets everyone have a driver take them around. Yeah. Right. It's accessible to everybody, it's affordable by everybody, and now everyone has a driver and, you know, to and from a bar or to and from an airport. In the next couple of years, that's gonna be the case for SMBs, which could be small CrossFit or fitness studios, and it can be a little brewery, microbrewery, right? Um, you're gonna get access to the same type of functionality and decision-making engines and data analysis that big companies have. And that's gonna be fucking, ground, can I swear? That's gonna be groundbreaking. Massively groundbreaking for SMBs, and I'm I'm super excited about it. And that's where we're driving towards with with push press personally.
1: That's awesome. I, I don't know if I'm in alignment here. I'm, I'm trying to kind of bring my parallel into play here. I have a buddy that does um, sales and tech support for a very large, uh, you know, software as a solution uh, company for big corporations, and the tools they have are just so incredibly different. And if a gym yeah. wanted to, you know push into that it's it's way outside of their league is that kind of what you're talking about is like bringing this back into like the the smb league so yes and no mm, it is in one hand but remember my other thesis
0: is software is going to move away from being a bunch of predefined processes and it's going to move into done for you yeah right yeah so we're already seeing tidbits of this right Like. Um, Grow and some other systems like Grow out there. Lead comes in, chats start happening, mm-hmm. nurturing starts happening, and um, you know, like it, it, it isn't exactly intelligent yet, but it's getting to the point where it can be. And in you know, in many da- uh, control panels, including PushPress, it'll be like, hey, this person hasn't checked in in so many days, probably at risk. Um, we've built now full data models that analyze. The first one we built is on churn or which members quitting industry term is churn. So we can actually, we've looked across like 154 data points, activity points. And um, now we understand really clearly what creates churn. Oh, wow. And the the obvious ones are obvious, right? They're not reserving classes. They're not checking into classes. Those ones are clear and obvious. Like we didn't need a data model to figure that out. But then the next thing, the, the third most impactful thing to churn is product purchases. Have they bought a product in the last 30 days, right? People who don't buy, like come in and buy a water or a t-shirt or something are like twice as likely to churn in the next 30 days than those who have. This is fascinating.
1: And I, like I saw a conversation between you and I think Matt Albrizio, I think that's how you pronounce his name, who does Forever, or Mm. um, what, the Fierce one. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. and uh, I think somebody, it was you or someone from PushPress said we actually have data on that. And I was like immediately intrigued because people say, well, t-shirts don't have anything to do with your keeping your clients. And you came in and said, no, we have data on that. So this is incredible. Yeah, it's the most impactful thing outside of attendance. That's insane. That's so cool to know because now now you can really look at data and really analyze what's what's happening. So to carry on, sorry. Yeah, so again,
0: and it's one thing to say like, here's the data, gym owner. Do what you will of it. Mm -hmm. And it's another thing for the system to say like, okay, here's the churn data. Let's process this. Okay, Scott's on it. But we see that there are four things that are like churn indicators that Scott is falling out of favor with. And we're gonna start, we're gonna kick off automa- automated uh, processes to make those things happen. Automated text from me to you. Hey Scott, I got this new shirt for sale. I'm gonna give you half off. You want it, right? Yeah, hey awesome. Scott, I noticed that um, you haven't had any personal training sessions the last year. I got a free one for you. Do you wanna do it, right? Like you don't have to do any of the work. All you know is like these things happen and you show up and fulfill it, right? Yeah that's going to make a massive impact in terms of like not only bringing new members into gyms and converting them into members, but keeping them members and happy members. Right? So there's a lot of obvious ways you can do this. Asking for reviews is an obvious way. Like mm-hmm. there's indicators that'll say like this person is primed to leave a good review and we'll figure that one out too. But, um, there's less, less obvious things where like, this is the perfect time to ask for perfect, per, uh, private training, you know? This is, they, this is the perfect time to ask for them to review a coach. You know, things like that we can know.
1: So. That's, that's incredible. And you think about there's so much impact in, a, in an action like that where you offer a shirt at half cost or a free training session at half, at, you know, f- for someone who's kind of falling into that algorithm of there might be some churn or we ha- we're at risk. There's so many elements of um, advancement for a business owner, for an operation because of that. Just even in the most simplest form a lot of people don't think about, uh, I, I talk to people about having all those tabs open on your computer, and, and what, I'm very archaic when it comes to computers, but what I know is those are, those are refreshing all the time, and they're pulling from the random access memory. They're slowing everything down. Uh, so your computer can get that little spinny wheel. If you have too many tabs open and you're doing too many things on your computer, well, your brain is the same way a gym owner and a manager have massive things on their brain. Hey, Larry didn't come in yesterday and Janelle's sick. And I have a, I have a, a coach that needs some, you know, some help. And, you know, <laughs> I see a relationship forming over here and I've got my red, red alerts going. Those are all tabs. Then we got your, their family. Then we've got mm-hmm. who's building my website and how do I do that? And how am I nurturing these leads? All the things that there's are solutions for. If you can start pulling and closing those tabs, because technology is is taking care of them or a system you know which we both are in love with if a system can take care of it you're closing one tab at a time and then there. not only are you reducing churn you're also um, increasing your retention because you have less tabs open and you are more you and your staff are more attentive to people and that's really what's going to keep people around and what's Mm going to cause referrals and what's going to cause raving fans and all of those things so we're 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 looking at systems that could literally close so many open loops in our brain and bring things into play where now you're at a whole new playing field in your business. You're able yep. to, to really serve at the highest level possible. Like if you only had five members, you would know everything. You would not be stressed. You would know what's going on. You'd be able to take, uh, you know, give them every need that they need. So I I get really excited about this stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, and going, going back shoot i just lost what i was going to say what are we talking about damn it but it, it was a naval point and it had to do with open tabs oh going back to to naval um, another thesis he has is like robots will take over everything naval shaped a lot of this direction we're doing a push by the way but robots will take over everything that is non-creative and humans can only thrive in areas that are creative right, right. And, and i would expand creative to, to empathy and, you know, just any emotional mm-hmm. emotional uh, quotient thing. So the goal, like the stated goal of push press at this point is take away every job that a robot can do from you and have the robot do it for you and leave every job that requires your EQ to assess and deliver the correct, you know, mechanism and leave that to you. So, t- like, like you said, closing down all those tabs will let you be more, uh, you know pay attention more to all of the little moments in in a, in a class or with your members that require some emotional connection. I'm so sorry your dog passed away. Here's like, here's some condolences from us, or Mm -hmm. Hey, congratulations on your son
1: for making college. That's amazing. Like those little things slip because you have all those tabs open of everything else. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So the technology, this conversation around technology and being able to do so many of those things, um, And take away some human decision-making of is this high enough priority for me because i think ultimately a lot of gym owners say it's not that important well all those little not that importance lead up to a huge like exodus or or it's very easy for someone to come into a decision of this isn't valuable for me anymore and all you all they need is one little edge to catch a hold of they didn't remember my birthday or plus i think i think um a lot of gym owners and this is myself included when
0: when i had a gym it's like you walk in the doors of your gym and you know, you have a mil- like literally a thousand things to do mm-hmm. and you don't really know what's more important than the other. So you have like paralysis by analysis and you end up just working out. You don't do any of them. You know <laughs> That's I mean? so me, man. It was so me when I owned my job. Yeah, yeah. It, it just is what it is. You know, it's like if I have a huge term paper coming up in college and I don't really know what I'm gonna write about yet, I'm just gonna go and hang out with my friends and, you know, like make myself feel better about it, but not do it, you know? <laughs> and so even parts of this, of what we're building at Press is gonna be like, here are the things you should handle Mm. here are the things you need to handle like before we can take it off their plate it'll just be like there are 18 things the data is telling me that you need to handle you know between now and tomorrow or else things might start happening right so and the cool thing about working with data is like i had large reservations at first because i didn't want to be wrong but i talked to somebody and they're like a data person and they're like here's the 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 litmus test is like if you can be better than a coin flip you're going to be helping people, right? Yeah, And then you refine, you make it better and better and better. Mm -hmm. But the point is, if, if no one's doing anything because they don't know what to do or when to do it or who to do it with, that's still better to give them a list of things to do and let them focus on those, Right.
1: Well, and, and I'm, I'm really into like having a personal operating system. So I've developed this whole thing of how to create my to-do list and how to organize it and how to schedule it and block it and all those things. This would take away a lot of the decision fatigue for a lot of people and what's what's priority for me today? I have 15 minutes. What can I do? Well, if there's a list, smash through as many as you can and then when you come back, smash through as many as you can and then when, when you take a deep breath and it's all done, then, then everything is... You know, you can take a, you can ha- take a big exhale and be yeah. like, okay, let's open some creativity here. Let's get, yeah. let's get into a new, you know, zone or, or I can go work out with freedom. Cause I think a lot yeah. of gym owners have guilt for working out because they're filling that time when they yeah. don't. Well, cause they're doing it out of like,
0: they're avoiding, they're avoiding. Yeah. yeah. Like, what they have to do. You know, there's actually a system out there that I think you might like, it's called motion. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried it yet, but I've been looking at it. I've been like toying around with buying it. You... It combines like an Asana list, like a to-do board with your calendar. And it just auto slots things into your calendar when you saw have that. time to
1: do it. I just saw that. There's it's kind of AI driven. Yeah. And and I'm a huge AI fan for anybody. I was so against it. Like I don't want, you know, robots taking over the world, technology taking over the world. Well, I plug myself into Jasper, which used to be called Jarvis, which is an AI writing tool. And like just to get over a writing hump, that thing learns, and it's insane how impactful that is. So I started to kind of fall in love with AI. Did you see any push press references in there in the tool tips for Jessica? I was one of
0: their early clients. Dave Dave Roggenmoser, the CEO, is a personal friend, mentor of mine. So I that's helped them awesome. kind of like in the early days of that product. It was awesome. Well,
1: some of the early early things we were doing, I was like, how is this stuff getting in there? And I would not be surprised if there was some push press mm-hmm. stuff in there because yeah, it, it was crazy. Well. Yeah, that makes sense. So you you are you you obviously know what I'm talking about. Um, I'm a huge fan. And it really opened my eyes to no AI is not this bad thing. It's actually this thing that's going to give you tools. Uh, that are better and better the more you use them, which is pretty, pretty astounding if you think about it. But yeah, I, I saw motion and I was like, Ooh, I don't know. Like it, it's weird to have things
0: slotted for you, but
1: yeah. I mean, if you hired an executive assistant, that's what they're going to do anyways. Right. Right? right. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to change my system, but it might be totally worth it. And I found that there needs to be some, um, flexibility in the way I operate because there's always room for evolution and improvement. Uh, we're up on our time. Uh, oh. Tell us, well, unless you have more time, we can keep going. I'm good. Uh, I've got a little bit of time. Yeah. 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 So let's, let's, uh, you talk a lot about Naval, which I think is if somebody hasn't gone through any of the Naval stuff, you can find it in multiple places. It's been recorded in podcasts, book. Um, Twitter. I, yeah. <laughs> Twitter. He's the Twitter storm guy. I mean, like that's really where they got all this his content um, and, and started curating it from. What are some recommendations you have, some things that you've done, whether it's Naval or something else that you think every business owner should delve into?
0: Yeah. We spoke about this before the podcast is a good segue. I'm a big, I'm a big, big believer in that. I mean, it's not even a controversy, but it's something I think goes overlooked is manufacturing experience, Mm. right? Um, every business that is successful does it. And I actually, every time I go into a business, especially a small business, but all businesses, I try to understand the the experience that has been manufactured, if any. So, for instance, I went to a winery in Mexico. I forgot the name of it, but it was like, had a different feel than every other winery, you know? It was very youthful. Hmm. And I started paying attention to all the things, and I'm like, okay, they have, like, grass on the wall and neon words in the wall. And then I kind of realized, like, in by the bathroom, there was all this fancy stuff. And they had one of those, like, unisex bathrooms that was, like – just very different. And what I realized is like everything they did was basically a scene for an Instagram picture, right? They manufactured, <laughs> oh, wow. it, yeah, they manufactured like 50 Instagram moments that would just drive more social postings, which would drive more people wanting to be there because Genius. I look super cute in front of this neon sign and blah, blah, blah. Like it just became the place everyone had to go. And I didn't know it for that, but I started looking at it on Instagram. I'm like, oh these guys have a million posts and they did this on purpose, right? And you can go all the way back to Disney, right? Like the mm-hmm. king of this, right? Everything that they did, they anal- they paid attention to what the customers wanted and how they felt, like the emotion of it's the more important. And they built that around that. So one thing, um, and, and with all this in mind, I still didn't run my gym that way. My co-founder, Chris, he, what he did one day is he took me and my two gym partners, Jamie and Lexi Hagia. We left the building and he drove us up And he's like okay just pretend you're a new member now drove us through the parking lot parked saw a bunch of dead plants next to the place we parked there was some trash in the corner and then he was like he pointed out the piece of dog shit that was like by our front door he's like that's been there for four months you guys no one's picked it up like just encrusted petrified dog shit. and then there's like the plants were kind of dead up there some dirt had been dug up we walked in there was like a bunch of unfolded shirts by the door like and he's pointing every one of these out right unfolded shirts like that that curtain's like broken halfway hanging And he's like, this is what everyone sees the first time they walk in your gym, right? That was a moment for me where I'm like, oh, like I haven't once put myself in my customer's shoes, you know? And I kind of understand this, right? I just look past it every day because I walk past that piece of dog crap that's been on the ground for four months every day. And I just don't, I didn't pay mind to it, yeah, you know? For our defense, it was like in the bushes, right? But still, it was still- <laughs> it's, people will notice that stuff. Absolutely will, right. And it's the other side around, like you go to that winery and it's like every little section, every little hundred square foot section had something manufactured there to be of attention, of interest, make you feel good, make you, you know, whatever uh, that was shareable even. So I think like a non-negotiable part of today's gym business is you have to have something Instagram worthy, right? That's good. Have to. But you should be. The easiest thing to do is do what Chris did. Go go outside of your building, drive up to it as if you're a brand new customer, and pretend like this is your first experiencing everything and notice everything you
1: see. That's a like that. That's a mic drop moment. Like seriously, and I think it's a big. Op, there's a lot of opportunity here for a lot of gym owners to do that and and really kind of um, curb the dif- the difference between them and their competitors by fixing those things. Yeah, it was really smart I, of Chris. It was really actually. I- quite and that's only
0: the new member experience right then think about like what's it like to be an existing member or the my first time in a class or like i've been here a year like just put yourself in those shoes of people and try and look at it through the lens of them and that's how you start manufacturing experience that's awesome and then the back end sorry this will be it and then we can we can move on but the back end of it is you should try to manufacture everything so it ends with an emotional experience Mm -hmm. right so you feel like go back to the winery like you feel cool because you're in this weird bathroom that like unisex but it's been thought out well you feel like you're in this exotic place that you need to share with people like it's all feelings driven right right so whether it's your sales orientation process or your first class or your hundredth class or whatever it's like you're baking emotion and and maybe even status into it right that's kind of the that's the golden ticket to it all Yeah. That's, that's
1: so good. And it's, it's so real. It's so, if you think back on some of your top experiences in business or in family vacations or whatever it is, really, really dig deep. That's what you're going to find is you're going to find that
0: perfect example. So think of your favorite restaurant and then just when you, next time you go there or or replay the last time you were there and think of all of the manufactured experience that was there. Yeah. I'll, and I'll give you another example. I'm sorry, I'm so I get hyped up about this. Shit. I love it. Yeah, we, we went to this restaurant here in Las Vegas before we lived here. And um, when we checked in the hostess asked us, we've been here before. Now, I get asked that question a lot. Yeah, right. And we said no. So when the waiter came, they said, since you've never been here before, I'm going to give you a free like uh, appetizer, what would you like? And I was like, Oh, so the hostess told the waiter, we've never been here before. Free appetizer, great, cool. That already they won me, right? Right. Then the manager came over and said, you know, this I hear this is your first time here. This is how we this is our philosophy at the restaurant. This is the chefs how they do things. This is why everything's you know made this way, blah, blah, blah. You know, after dinner, you can go downstairs and get the, the meat you ate. We also have a butcher, like told me the whole why of the of the restaurant, right? And it stacked over and over. They knew it was my first time and they just drove it all the way to the end of the, of the experience. right? And like, do you do that at your gym? Right. Do you do that at your business? Like I get asked, is this your first time at this restaurant? Every time I go yep. to a restaurant, no one ever
1: does anything about it.
0: They did. It's crazy.
1: That's, and, and it's not, I think a lot of people see that as really super confusing. Like, how am I going to put those systems together? But if you really, it's not that hard. It's, it, there's, you get a process together, you try a few things and then you, you build an yeah. SOP around it and then you make it incredibly important to each person. And then you make it as simple as possible with, um, you, usually technology is a great way to pull those things together is, is kind of a step-by-step or whatever it is. But that is a really great experience uh, example. Yeah, I, I want to know right. where that is. So if I ever come, I can well, try it out. Well, echo
0: and echo and rig or rig and echo or
1: echo. That's and, something like that. Yeah. They,
0: uh yeah they deserve that, a shout out for sure me. Huh? Yeah, they deserve a shout out for sure oh yeah yeah it was great yeah so and and the easiest way to think about manufacturing this is do what they did just ask a question that only it isn't completely open-ended right mm-hmm. yes no is easy or like what is your biggest concern about joining the gym there's going to be four answers that come out of that right. and you write a script or a playbook against those four answers and depending on which direction they chose by their answer you take them down that direction That's manufacturing experience. So you almost do a choose your own uh,
1: pre written choose your own adventure.
0: But you know how personalized that feel. You know what I mean? If it's just like we keep talking about how you're afraid of getting injured when you tell me like we show you don't have to like make it clear, but you just show them these are the injury prevention. You know, right?
1: And that's mechanisms at this gym. That's the beauty of something like uh, Grow. I mean, we go on so many tangents. Is people like well, it's not personal if it's if it's got if it. Well, it actually is super personal because you can have those like, like the, this is an answer. This is an answer. This is an answer. And this is an answer. And if you really identify all of the, the ways that it can go, you can manufacture the right response to people that really elicits thing, emotion.
0: The other thing about the grow like systems that I don't think people fully understand is think of it as automated data collection, but ultimately the human has to be creative. So I like it cause it's a man and I call it man in the middle. Right. So like the process can say like, Oh, I'm worried about this. And my, the times I can come in is this, and then I can jump in and give them exactly what they need to know. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have to spend that hour driving into that. Right. You know what I mean, exactly. And you, you set it up to ask the questions that you need to know to deliver the experience
1: thereafter. Yeah. 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 That's epic. Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I think we could probably do a few more of these very easily, yeah. <laughs> uh, for, uh, I mean, for our listeners, pushpress.com. Anything else they should check out? Um,
0: Naval, for yeah. sure. I tell everyone they should read Naval. It's called How to Grow Rich, and it really should be called How to Grow Wealthy mm-hmm. um, Without Being Lucky. Um, I think the title's a middle little a lot misleading because he just talks more about the philosophy of setting yourself up for success as a put po- like the the rich thing is kind of clickbaity to get people to read it. Right. Um, and it is free. Like the whole episode is on Spotify for free. Um, I think they're giving away a book even for it. Like you so. just did it as philosophy, philanthropy. Yep. Great, great book. And I, there isn't a single topic in there that I don't agree with. I don't think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've found it to be, it, it, it inspires me a little too much. Sometimes I go away from it and I'm like, I got so much to do, but that's a great feeling to have. So I, I do, I do agree yeah. on that. Um, and I would be remiss to say that, uh, Dan and I have a common connection with a an employee, a past employee of Push Press, and an incredible friend of mine. That's why we're wearing matching shirts. We didn't plan it, but these are uh, hold the standard. It's from Eric Leclerc, and these were released after his uh, untimely passing. And so um, we, we would we we don't want to miss opportunities. So everybody, make sure you're connecting with those people in your life. You're really, really, really listening on a very deep level and understanding where they're at and if they need help, find a way to get them help. Um, and so I I just kind of felt the need to put that out there. Also explain why we're wearing matching shirts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On the other side of the equation, I would say that no matter where you are in your life or what you think of yourself, you are valuable. Mm -hmm. There was a time in my life I didn't believe in myself Mm -hmm. and, uh, here I am today, right? Like anything's possible and you should and can't, you can and should talk to somebody. If you're feeling low,
1: there's nothing to be ashamed about nope. in it. Um, it's everyone feels shitty from time to time. Yep. It's, it's normal, but we do need help. We're, we're not here to be an Island on this world. Yeah. All right, Dan, thank you so much, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of stories that sell. Uh, if you loved it, give us a thumbs up. If you hated it, give us a review and let us know. Have a great day.